Welcome to Lessons for Leaders. This week, I'm talking about lockdown lessons for leaders, looking at why it's important to use reflection and look back on some of the things that we've learned. And I'm sharing with you the things that I've learned and the things that I'm hearing from other organisations that I've worked with about aspects of IT, whether it can be useful or damaging. We've learned about resilience and how that is within us. Also about well-being, flexibility and different ways to look at our working patterns and well-being. I hope you get a lot of useful information from this episode. Enjoy. Welcome to Lessons for Leaders. Each week I bring you lessons, learnings, tips and advice to enable you to lead with ease in business without the stress, doubt and overwhelm so that I help you increase your performance, be resilient and thrive in life. I'm Emma Langton, your host and Straight Talking Yorkshire lass who elevates leaders and supports well-being with coaching, speaking, training and workshops. Now, one of the challenges organisations frequently have is engaging employees in wellbeing conversations so that they can confidently support and signpost colleagues and partners. The quickest and most successful way to make a change in this area is with an external facilitator who provides a safe space for learning, conversations and honesty. And recently I've been working with organisations and individual leaders and managers to help them to be able to be more focused, less stressed and have a wider impact on both the professional leadership skills as well as improving personal well-being and that of their teams. I've been doing that both with workshops, speaking and group and individual coaching sessions. Now, Stress Awareness Month is coming up in April and bookings are flying in for supportive coaching and workshops in and around this topic. So you could think about managing stress to improve performance so that your people know the signs and symptoms of stress and have tools and techniques to improve their stress levels and increase their focus and performance. You could think about a ramp up resilience and reduce stressful situations workshop so that attendees can cope with and reduce stress levels and become more resilient. You could look at confident conversations about mental well-being so that managers are confident, capable and caring when staff raise concerns about their own mental well-being instead of being scared and running from the hills, as I've heard from many organisations. And there are other ways that we can support your people too. So do get in touch if you want to know how I can help you or your organisation. If you're not ready to do that yet, you can get onto my newsletter. So the link is in the show notes and there's information on my website at emmalankton.com. 
The newsletter goes out once a month and sends tips, information, statistics on the current organisational trends that are happening right now so that you don't have to dig around for it. And then finally, if you haven't hit the subscribe button or left a review for me on the podcast, please do go and find the little buttons that enable you to do that. Give me your key thoughts, your takeaways and what you value most from the podcast. Or even share that on social media and tag me in your posts. Welcome back, listeners. As I said, this episode is Lockdown Lessons for Leaders. The episode is going to be released uh, two years on from when the UK and possibly even the world locked down from COVID-19 virus. Have you looked back at some of the things that you have done, some of the experiences, some of the things that have happened? I know one of the favourite things that I have to look back on are those pictures from uh, cities that were empty, streets that were bare. Honestly, I loved my Sunday morning walks into a very empty and beautiful city of York where it was free from tourists, it was free from the after effects of stag parties, hen parties and everything else. There were bits that I loved. There was also bits that I didn't love. There's a significant difference in how people viewed lockdown and some loved it and some hated it. For some it was frightening and for some it was delightful. Some people missed people. Some people enjoyed the space. However, over time, those views with people that I was talking to and even within myself, they often changed. So this is an important lesson to remember right there at the very beginning. However hard we think things are at the time, they will change. Often when we're wrapped up in the day-to-day stuff and particularly when things are difficult and struggling, it's really hard to remember that things will change, that we will get through this. But taking time to look back and learn some of those lessons also then helps our brain to remember that things will change when we get other different circumstances. So look back, if you haven't done already, take some time, take a moment to look back and see how far you've come. Look back at what you've coped with, how you've managed. These are great ways to reflect and learn the lessons. When I provide coaching and leadership training, I often talk about Kolb's learning theory. And he often mentioned about various factors that influence a person's preferred style. So it might be, he was obviously talking about learning styles, but you know, we learn everything from the experiences that we have. And he talked about people's different learning styles from social and environmental and educational experiences. And it's all based on the cognitive structure of each and every individual. So it's different for all of us. And I talk about this as well when I talk about stress and fear and you know, how we are in teams with delegation and all sorts of different things because everybody's experiences are different. What somebody sees as thrilling and exciting, somebody else is going to see as really uh, difficult and scary. And that was the same with lockdown. 
So the development of new concepts is often provided by new experiences that we have. And (laughs) we definitely had those through lockdown. So look at some of your own. Often again in in the leadership training and workshops that I do, when I bring in this idea of taking time to look at the learnings and to take time to reflect, One of the biggest things that people say to me is that they need to schedule in time to reflect, not just expect it to happen. So it might be that these reflections happen through um, at certain stages in a project that you're doing or at the end of a week or at the end of a month or at the end of a quarter. I do all of those. Um, you know, in different levels and at different depths of things. But we can do this now at the sort of anniversary of the two year about the different things. It's vastly different that first year to that second year. When you think about some of the things that I want to highlight today that I said in the intro about how we work, the connections and communication, the impact on our well-being and our resilience... How we work has created lessons in healthy boundaries, definitely, with people. And I'm so grateful that helping people with boundaries was basically the thing that kept my business going, quite honestly, through uh, COVID. But some people that I talk to even now, two years later, are still struggling with boundaries. Some are struggling individually with the difficulty of saying no and having work going round in their head and feeling obliged and struggling to switch off. Often as well though, there's a culture within the workplace that doesn't help with some of that struggle. So we've got an individual thing and we've got a leadership thing or a cultural thing. And I've spoken to individuals and workplaces where they say they've got much more to do on boundaries. And when I ask what they're doing already, they say, oh, well, you know, they're talking to people and encouraging people to switch off and not answer emails and things like that. But then they tell me that this isn't a a kind of standard way throughout the company. So basically, it's not being modelled. It's not being demonstrated. It's not a lived experience and then it's not within the culture. So it's not going to help your people. Leaders have to lead from the top, not just with boundaries, but with all sorts of things. But it has to be modelled and demonstrated. But you know what? I mean, what I often talk to people about as well is that they spend so much time on Zoom calls and conference calls and the diary's full so then they don't have time to do the worky bits. So then they are spending time doing the work bits outside of hours. So that means some of the boundaries about when time is set and time blocking and how you do the diary needs to be looked at too. But if, which, you know, it needs to vary for different people. But if you do find that you are needing to work outside regular hours, you know, send emails and updates and ask for things, Use scheduled send or do your work offline so that when you do go online the next day, it will send everything then. I used to do this a lot in corporate and that was way before lockdown. But boundaries and how we work are not just for the individuals to take control of. You see, it needs to be a company-wide thing and it needs to be set there from leaders and there's still work to do on this. 
connections have suffered of course they have because we were locked down we were isolated i can still remember walking down the street with a dog and somebody pulled so far away from me that they were walking on the road you know with the two meter distance i know that's gone now but some people are still frightened some people are still concerned and connections have suffered of course that's not a new concept but what can you learn from the lessons is how we re-establish those connections and ensure that we are making use of our support networks. We're getting things back in place, things in the diary. We're meeting up with people. Um, we're re-establishing some of those connections and even making sure that we're checking in on a work level with people and enhancing connections there as well. It's one of the most simplest things that we can do, but so many people find it really, really difficult. I've just had someone book a workshop with me to help their managers spot the signs of struggle both in the workplace and remotely so that managers are equipped and can do this more easily and they know what they're looking for and they feel confident in doing so. But this is so common. With hybrid working, remote working, whatever you want to call it, it's having a negative impact on the connections of teams, on well-being and engagement so that managers' needs need to be upskilled to know how to spot those signs, how to have those conversations and to how to help people to be able to open up and trust. One of my coaches had just done his employee wellbeing survey and it was kind of around the section about um, <clears throat> how people feel their manager engages with them. And he got a 100% score on this and people were asking him how he did it. And he kind of just kept shrugging, shrug, shrug, can't say it, shrugging and saying, oh, you know, it's quite simple really. But we spent a little bit of time and drilled down on some of those things. Now, part of the reason that we did this is so that he could begin to recognise his skills and know that they are not wide-ranging skills necessarily, but also for him to know the value that his team sees so he can make sure it's carrying on. So some of the questions were around, uh, my manager helps me understand how my work contributes to the wider purpose. My manager prioritises that we deliver brilliant customer experiences. My manager gives regular feedback to help me perform at my best. My manager values a wide range of perspective and ideas, you know? And, um, you know, so in summary, what we got is, you know, the main thing is to listen and listen well, to appreciate what people have to say and to treat them as individuals. Now, I know that's like a really quick summary, but... These are the things that are important and people forgotten how to do this when we're working remotely because they're expecting it to happen when we were in teams and see people and pass people in the kitchen and all those sorts of places. But we need to make sure that those things are happening. He takes um, a day, a month to properly check in on people, not just the kind of add on to what you do after, after business, after work check in. Because research shows that listening helps build strong professional and personal relationships, boosts emotional intelligence, improves problem solving and allows us to understand the different perspectives and insights. And I've had a ton of conversations about how well people are actually listening 
to their people and connecting uh, without interrupting, without judgment, you know, and making people's um, information feel valued. And some of that, I think, got lost with the remoteness of things. It adds to the well-being factor too, which in turn improves resilience of your people as well as lowering stress levels for them and enhancing engagement. So your people are likely to work harder and do more and be less stressed and more focused when they know you care about them. So how do you show you care when you're sat at home or they're sat at home or whatever? So don't judge you know, one of my clients walked through <laughs> my house the other week um, in to come into my garden room. Loads of people, by the way, have also, you know, got garden rooms and um, uh, developed home offices so that they can keep things a bit separate. So they can have these um, sort of more dedicated workspaces and all those bits are really good for boundaries as well and people are seeing the value in keeping some semblance of work kind of you know off the dining room and kitchen table and I too have a garden room which I adore but one of my clients they just have to walk through the hall in my house uh, to get into the garden room and he had a Lee's Rhinos rugby shirt on and I chuckled when I saw this because my husband supports a rival team. Now, when I have clients come in, I usually say to the kids in the hubby, right, clients come in at this time, so make sure the place is clean, it's tidy and, you know, you're not faffing and cooking in the kitchen and, 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 and coming in and out. We want it to be, you know, people to be at ease. They're not coming to join my family. They're coming, uh, you know, for a, a professional type environment. So paths don't usually cross when I have clients coming. But at the end of this session, the client was asking about my little garden room with an interest of him possibly getting one. And as uh, my delightful hubby Andy had done a lot of the sorting out for this garden room, I said, you know, we can uh, ask Andy's in if you wanna, you wanna have a chat to him about it. So, you know, obviously checked it was okay. And I did say, he was like, yeah, 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 that'll be good. And then I did say, but that top won't go down well. <laughs> so prepare for some comments and smiled and chuckled as I'm doing now. Now, there was no judgment from Andy. Even though there's big rivalry between the teams, it was just conversation about the garden room, which went on to a little bit about rugby. So whether it's teamwork, politics or whatever, no judgment creates that respect. They had a good chat about the garden room. They chatted a bit about rugby um, and uh, laughed a little bit about the differences in teams and moved on. But it makes people feel accepted. People feel comfortable. It doesn't just have to be about a rugby show or a garden room, but it's hugely important. It also improves resilience. And as I say in my resilience training, it's never so much about falling down it's about how well we adapt and boy gosh have we had to adapt whether we like it or not these past two years have been like the biggest amount of adaptation hasn't it completely i had another client uh in my uh garden room just last week and bless her cotton socks she was having a really really tough day that day and we had tears and all sorts and when I sent her a little um, encouraging update after 
um, the session, you know, and I said I was proud of her for turning up and sharing and here were some things that we'd sent and she said, you know what, I'm usually really, really strong and I don't crumble and I went back at her. Resilience isn't about being strong all the time and not crumbling. Resilience is about knowing when you need to take that step back, ask for help, um, get some rest, ask for support, etc, etc, etc. And then how well we adapt, what tools we can use to help us to be able to move forward. What tools have you adapted? What tools have helped you? So you reflect, you assess and you tweak. We've adapted to Zoom, to home learning, to home working. We've continued to adapt with check-ins and spotting signs of people, communicating, listening better, improving those boundaries. Where have you adapted in business? We've learned how good IT is and how much we rely on it, but also how damaging it can be. And what I often say to people is, you know, get that tech and IT to work for you and not against you. When we begin to use out of office or auto signatures and turn off notifications or use it to stay connected. We've learned to be more resilient than we ever realised. It doesn't mean we have to like the situation, but we can survive and adapt. We've learned that people work well and more when there's some autonomy and trust. We don't no longer have to see people sat at the chair in front of us in that office to trust that they are working. There's more people overworking than underworking. We've learned that flexibility in workplaces and homes does work for individuals and for businesses, but it can also be damaging with stress and burnout and struggling with engagement stuff. We've learned different ways to look at our well-being and that of other people and how we can get in those different ways to be able to take time out to exercise and not always rely on gyms and things like that, the places that we never dreamed were going to be shut, but they did shut. So take a time to look back. There's maybe been some points in today that has, you know, set a little thought process going for you. If you're still struggling or looking to learn more, then please do get in touch, emma at emmalankton.com. Any questions at all, get in touch with me. You know, reducing stress, enhancing resilience can all be learnt and that increases productivity, enhances leadership skills as I help people with as well, improves performance and engagement. I'm more than happy to have conversations with you. In the meantime, I'll leave you with those thoughts and those lessons and learnings from lockdown. Have an amazing week and I'll see you again next time. Bye for now.